it's worse and better in both ways. I mean, the environment, I mean, even with the parents, the parents help a lot, but you know, we miss the fan section for sure. All of our friends out here supporting us, but that, that was better last year. You know, it was a huge playoff win last year, but this is just in the moment now. It's just awesome to celebrate after like a year of not playing. Not sure if we're gonna have a season or anything. Just being able to play with all of our all of our teammates, you know, the seniors got the last little season. It's just awesome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Joe Morelli, of course, is the head boys basketball beat writer for Game Time CT in the Hearst Connecticut Media Group, and I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. And at the top of the show, you heard a little bit from Matt Curtis, the great Northwest Catholic player. Was number three ranked team defeated number two Windsor 78 74. Joe was up there, he'll tell you all about it in a second. Uh, we got all the big show today. We got the, also uh, Colby Cathedral coach John Fold joining us. His team is the team to beat in the uh, SWC as they defeated Immaculate 63 52 and a lot of other crazy stuff going on. Notre Dame number four, Notre Dame losing to Fairfield Prep. Uh, just a, you know, the pole drops and all of a sudden all, all hell breaks loose. In, uh, in boys basketball. Joseph, how are you? Welcome back to another week of courtside. Well, it's funny because, thank you, first of all. It, the poll, I mean, the poll, if you look at the post for what we did Monday afternoon, it all was quiet. It's like 20 games were among the top 10, and they all won, and you get those weeks sometimes. But you knew this week was going to be interesting. I mean, these were all on our games to watch, all three of them. It was a big, it was, it was as we said last week, it was big Monday from our days. You were Syracuse. I went to UConn. No one cares, but Big Monday was what it was like. This was what it was like. It's nice yeah. having big games and games to go to and games not on pause and, and stuff like that. And uh, and Northwest Catholic and Windsor lived up to the billing. It was, it was a great game. Mac Curtis, obviously, uh, is a kid, Division One prospect. He threw down 35 points, got him in a array of ways. I mean, not many people that I can remember could throw down over 30 against Windsor in that you know, and obviously a lot of media was there and nice having people in the stands. And it was just, it was a good basketball game. And uh, I don't know exactly what the CCC will offer for a postseason tournament. Uh, let's hope they face each other again. And obviously you got East Catholic number one in the mix too. So uh, I get a sense it's not going to be a full tournament. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's a sense I get from talking to people. But at least for last night, it was a great night of basketball. Yeah, great night of basketball. It felt a little normal. Like, it, yes. for I think you were able to take your mind off. I mean, you're sitting in a gym with nobody there, you know, and even, even, oh, yeah, Matt's and you have two about, masks yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. And even Matt's talking about, yeah, we miss all having all our teammates here. But, you know, it, just as he said at the top of the show, they were, they're thankful. They're appreciative. I think that's a big thing to take away from this pandemic, not to get all philosophical on you and, you know, moral of the story no. and stuff, but that is definitely a big takeaway from this. Listen, it's not going the way we all want. We all want this. We all want that. We all want to play at Mohegan. We all want it, but we're not getting all that stuff. So you know what? You live in the moment. You take what you can. You appreciate it because it'll get better. I mean, there will be better days and we will be back to normal you know, as much as possible, but in the now, I think he makes it, listen, it's a great point by a kid with a little bit of perspective. I think everyone should take excuse for him. I think a lot of kids have, I think it's the adults who are getting all, you know, you know, nuts and, and like, we want this and we want that. The kids want it too, but at least we get a little perspective there. I thought that was really refreshing from uh, Matt last night. And, and Northwest Catholic coach, John Mirabella said the same thing in quotes. I mean, it, it, as you, I'm driving, you, you do a short post, 
for the web and then you go, I drive an hour home and I'm like, well, what can I lead with? And there's so much and it kind of plays itself out with the post-game quotes. And I said last week and I'll say it again. I, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback decisions. It's easy to second guess decisions. And people are mad about not having a hockey state tournament. I know it's not a hockey podcast. But you know what? I want it as much as anybody else. As you said, Sean, it's not going to happen. We have to accept the fact. I mean, is it, should we have a state tournament? I am not a doctor. I don't know. But you know what? I think, as you said, the kids and Matt Curtis said, the kids are appreciative. And the parents should be appreciative, too, they get a chance to see their kids. Because they can easily be shut out, and they are in a lot of places. I mean, Naugatuck High School played Sacred Heart last week, and they're not allowing any media in the gym. I saw fans in there, but no media from what I read on social media. So there are places that aren't gonna, you're not going to get in. For those who can, enjoy. I mean, people aren't happy. They, maybe they couldn't find Northwest Catholic. I don't know if it was on the network or not. And I'm sorry that you can't get in the games. You know what? Live with it. Deal with it. You don't like it. Tough. Yeah. And in the long term, you know, we'll be looking back at this. It'll be five years from now. I'm like, wow, five years went by fast. And, you know, can't yeah. believe we didn't, I can't believe we didn't go to Mohegan Sun for two straight years, you know? So listen, it, uh, it hurts. I, it hurts. Yeah. But what do you, I don't think the CIC likes that anymore. It's a big moneymaker for them. It's not that they don't want to yeah. do it. I think it's, 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 I think it's the superintendents have decided that, that they felt it was best for them to be half season, and do it in the manner they're doing it. Was it the right or wrong decision? We won't know that for years to come. And people don't like it, and that's fine. That's their right. And I don't I, – if I had a son or daughter playing, I couldn't get it. I'd be mad too. I get it. But it's a different world we're living in. Hopefully at this time next year we won't be dealing with this crap. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it stinks. But like I said, it felt like a real night of basketball. There were things yes. that were happening – you know, up there, just as far as your game is concerned, you know, like right. I said, it was the semifinal matchup last year. Northwest Catholic kind of signal it's it's uh, it's a rival in the Matt Curtis era um, when it, it got to the final to, to play East Catholic uh, in that CCC final. Um, so, but you know, I was just just by watching the updates in there. I mean, C- Curtis was just ridiculous, huh? He was. I mean, like I said, he, he's got help too, but he, he can score in a variety of ways. He can shoot it, and he can as. Mirabel said he can contribute in so many ways. He can rebound, he can make steals, he can assist. And uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple of videos up on, on on the story you can read on Game Time CT. Um, then the interesting thing is their second leading scorer, Amari Spence, gets hurt late in the first quarter. He's got his knee wrapped. John has no idea when he'll be back, what the status is. So, but they're able to win, come from behind without him. I mean, nothing run. I mean, Curtis was involved in so many different ways. A couple of threes, a couple of assists. A basket, a steal. I mean, he does it all. But and then the guy by the name of Hayden Abdullah, the uh, six-seven junior for, center for for Northwest, um, had a great second half, and he, he's a just kind of provides the dimension that the big guy had last year for them. Name escapes me, um, but very good team. And listen, Windsor's got a lot of young players, and obviously. You know, it's every, as Ken Smith said, every game to them, it's a game. Northwest Catholic, it was probably bigger for them. But, you know, Windsor treats it, you know, it, they, everybody wants a piece of Windsor. I mean, and, and Troy McCoy had the 10 points. He had an off night. So, but even though they had got hit with an 18 nothing run, they were able to hang in there and almost had a chance to steal the game at the end. So, um, <laughs> my guess is maybe they'll see each other again if they're in the same region. Uh, I assume they are, I guess, just based on the scheduling. So, so that might be your final. That might be one game to look forward to. If they just do regions in the CCC. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was a good atmosphere. It was an enjoyable basketball game. Again, like at East Catholic Windsor last year, it lived up to the billing of hype one versus two and two versus three. You don't get any of these. You get them more in hockey because they play each other a lot. Right. Basketball, you don't get them as much. And it's nice to have it, especially when you're only playing within leagues. What else happened last night? I mean, obviously, uh, Colby Cathedral, number eight, Colby Cathedral defeating Immaculate, 63-52. Pretty close game, but they, they cemented their status. They pull away. Uh, we'll talk to John Fole a little bit about that. But, uh, you know, I was kind of stunned. Fairfield Prep taking down Notre Dame West Haven last night very quietly. I mean, I you know, they, they had their stuff up there. But once you saw that uh, that score came through, I mean, are, are we overlooking uh, – Fairfield prep right now, or, or is that just the, the just kind no. of like one of those nights for Notre Dame? No, I don't think you are. And uh, again, it was one of our games to watch. And then maybe the voters, including myself, overlook them, and that's fine. And obviously, you beat teams that are ranked, you're going to get votes. Not, it's really not about that, but if that's how people judge it, then that, that's what's going to happen. I mean, I was looking at the box score. Fairfield prep goes out 12 to 3. And then Notre Dame outscores them 24 to 14 in the, in the second quarter. And then it was a close and nip and tuck game all the way. And, and again, you're playing, they're playing at Alumni Hall, the, the real version of Alumni Hall. Sorry. I mean, the one right. that we recognize at Fairfield University. Obviously, Notre Dame West Haven has their own Alumni Hall. And so a couple of those have the same, I believe. Uh, Sacred Heart uh, also has the same name. But um, yeah, it, it was just a, a great effort. I mean, Michael and Naza. Ayanazo led the way for the Jesuits with 16 points and Logan Carey had 15 and just looking at the box score and, and Notre Dame, again, Notre Dame and prep always play great battles, no matter where they play, especially down at alumni hall. And it's really, am I shocked that that happened? No, not at all. I'm not, I'm not even that surprised to be honest with you because preps only loss was to Wilbur cross in overtime at home, second game of the year, first game of the year, whatever it was. And they were up almost 10 points. So they kind of, you could say they gave that one away. You can easily say the preps undefeated. And my guess is that you're going to see them well represented in the poll next week. Well, speaking of the poll, let's kind of, kind of jump into that. We'll skip over the teams you've already talked about. Number two, Windsor, obviously losing to Northwest Catholic. Number four, Notre Dame, obviously losing to Fairfield Prep. But, you know, East Catholic still number one in, in the poll, which came out before all this this crazy stuff happened. But uh, just give us a quick rundown. Of who, uh, what else are we looking at from other teams? Well, East Catholic, again, number one, 19 first place votes. And we, as we mentioned on this, on this podcast, they don't play Windsor or Northwest Catholic unless there's a expanded postseason. So we really don't want to know how great they are. But with four returning starters to me, they're the number one team and so do the other voters. Um, Sacred Heart game against Candy was postponed last night. I mean, they're uh, – so they're, to me, after beating Holy Cross twice and beating – uh, Nogatek on the road on Saturday and Crosby already starting out 0-2. Like once again, no matter who they lose, Sacred Heart is still the team to beat in the NBL. I mean, people say, and I've said, I, the league's going to get them, and every year they seem to do well. Uh, obviously, a number of programs are, have been on pause, COVID pause in, in the NBL, so not all of them are going to finish their seasons the way it is. Uh, the one change in the poll – it was last week was a tie for six between Bristol Central and Richfield. Richfield kind of separated themselves a little bit from the Rams. Um, they're six at six and zero. Oh. Um, they're going to get some challenges from St. Joe's, who's right in the, on the outskirts of the top ten. Staples, who's undefeated, and New Canaan. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic in the FCAC uh, this year. Bristol Central had Plainville gave Bristol Central all. Okay, I actually watched that game on the network, and. Um, 
you know, Plainville was tough at home. Bristol Central, you know, obviously the big man Kling got his, and the other guys were able to do enough to win and remain undefeated. Um, as you said, Jim Colby is eight this week. We're going to have John Fall on. He'll talk about that and many other things. Uh, Wilbur Cross, their one loss is the Notre Dame of West Haven. They've done well since then. Although I will say Shelton, Shelton had the governors on the ropes uh, in a low-scoring game on Friday night. The Wilbur Cross held the Gales to three points in the fourth quarter, was able to come from behind to win 45-41. So and I know Sean lost his two best players to prep school. So um, take that for what it's worth. I still think Cross is the, is the top team in the New Haven area. We'll see how that goes. They got West Haven on Friday night. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game. And then Notre Dame Fairfield is on COVID pause, but they remain in the 10th spot. Uh, they're supposed to be resuming uh, play against Stratford on uh, Thursday. And that's your top 10. That is the top 10. We're looking at some of the, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, St. Joseph sitting there. Uh, they're undefeated, right? And uh, how about our boys from Prince Tech? Prince Tech has the state's longest winning streak at 30 games. Yeah. So I you know good to see Coach May and those guys doing pretty well, keeping it up. I know that, you know, they were really disappointed last year. You know, like yes. you said, Staples, you know, Massive lost, Immaculate lost last night. So, you know, not. I'm looking at some of these uh, records there, and it seems like a mixed bag. But you have some teams that have been playing a lot, some teams that haven't. Um, yeah. Like West Haven being one, I guess they got back on the court, which is good. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, Hill House still kind of way down there, still getting some votes, but uh, you well, know, they're on pause too. So that's the thing; yeah. they're on pause, and it's. I mean, obviously, yeah, you can tell with some of them, but I mean, most of them have five or six games, and yeah, like I said you're only going to play a 12 game regular season, and. Uh, it sounds like the MVL is going to go all in on postseason. It seems like a lot of these leagues are letting everybody in that is eligible to play, which is probably the right thing to do to give everybody a shot. And then I don't know if they're going to have um, consolations brackets or not. I think it might just be done after they, they bow out for those that can compete and are not uh, on pause. So, and I think that's this year, it's going to be different. As we said, it's a different year. It's about these kids giving these kids opportunities, right, Sean? That's what we're all about. Giving yeah. kids opportunities, yeah. and that's what's going to happen in March. Giving kids opportunities, and that's what it's going to be, and that's what we're going to live with. And you know what? So far, the night like Monday night, it felt like the old days, the, the yeah. old way, yeah. just for for a night. And hopefully, we'll have more nights of that. Hey, it was March first, right? So, as it should be, it is March. Just a quick shout out to uh, Valley Regional head coach Kevin Woods, who won his 200th career victory with a 64 60 victory uh, over rival Portland there in the shoreline. You know, talked about the shoreline a lot, but, uh, you know, it looks like the you know, Valley's doing pretty well over there, huh? Well, yeah. And uh, David Bradbury's his first year as a head coach at Portland. It's a former player, helped him help Kevin Woods win a state championship uh, at Valley Regional, maybe two. Um, but Morgan is the team to beat. In the shoreline, they beat you know, they beat Valley by about 25 uh, at home about a week and a half ago, maybe about yeah, a week and a half ago. So uh, until proven otherwise, that is the team to beat. They beat Old Lyme, who won last year. And speaking of a team that didn't, uh, just Old Lyme was a very very good team last year. Only lost to Waterford, I believe, uh, in double overtime. I mean, they played a very good non-conference schedule. And, and again, I know it's cl- Division Five, but that was a good team that had a chance at a state championship after losing the year before the end of the day. So a lot of teams didn't get kind of got released. You at least this year, Sean, you, you know, you're not going to get that chance. Right. It was crushing for those guys. I think more than we even realized because they were just 
everything happens so quickly and you're we're all writing stories about what's happening right. and why it's happening and it shouldn't happen and there was a lot of people mad and at least this year they've had time to, i mean they're mad now at least you knew in january that was going to be it right or wrong there's no pulling a fast one you know you're in league play and hopefully you're healthy enough to um to compete and have something and i don't keep i'm repeating myself but that's just the way it is I think next week we'll kind of look back at what happened and how it happened uh, as far as like the, yeah. we are we are approaching one year since uh, this whole thing was just abruptly stopped. This is usually the time we are playing our conference tournaments. This, yes. know, we're getting ready for the state tournaments right now. I right. probably would have been out and, you know, like you said. It, been, tonight would have been the SEC championship game. It's yeah. usually on a Tuesday night. If I'm uh, if Monday, Tuesday, yeah. I think they go. Yeah. And it would have been in the Floyd Little Athletic Center. So. Yeah, the FCAC is on a Thursday, the Australians on a Friday, and the CCC is on a Thursday. Yeah, you'd be going to Bulkley for the CCC semifinals. And then, and then it, it was, like I said, March 10th was the day. Yeah. You know, well, it's, well, I, I, I will say this. I, one other thing, Seymour had come into the week 5-0, and St. Paul uh, had lost to Seymour early in the year. St. Paul wins last night, so that knocks the, the Wildcats in these ranks of the unbeaten. And the reason I bring it up is that the NBL is doing it in, in divisions too. So Seymour, the Valley schools are playing only each other. They're not playing the city schools, so it's a little bit different this year. But still, Seymour behind Deion Perkins has had a very good year. He obviously scored his thousand point last week. Has a couple of oh, others. Yeah. Really great game. Really so with all that said, let's jump in with our guest this week, Colby Cathedral coach John Fole. Joining us on week four of the Courtside Podcast is none other than. I'm going to say longtime coach from Colby Cathedral, John Fole, on his second tour of duty. They're coming off a big win over Immaculate last night, 63-52 at the uh, Sheehan Center. Colby's ranked eighth in the latest top 10 poll. John, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be joining it and, and love the coverage that you guys are providing for the high school athletes in the state of Connecticut. It's, it's awesome. Hey, John, long, long time no, uh, no see. I mean, I saw you at the state championship a couple, uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, – you know, but we, we go way back. Uh, we obviously Joe there, but we go way back from the Connecticut Post days. And it's good to see you again. Uh, good to see you. We talked a little offline before you got here, Joe. And, uh, you know, he gave me the update on the family. And, man, like I said last week, he has about, uh, you know, 800 kids, it seems like. But, uh, my God, they're growing up fast. I, I remember Victoria was skating around on those shoe skates, Coach, in the Sheehan Center. And now, now, where is she now? She's all grown up now, huh? She is all going up. She she loved those those little skate sneakers too. That was big time back then. Uh, and she spent a lot of time at the Sheehan Center, and and actually, quite frankly, still does. Uh, she's certainly all my kids are still involved in the in the program. But uh, she's uh, kind of uh, a grown woman at this point. Got married uh, a year ago in August to a great guy, uh, Vinny Vinny Descala, and also teaches and coaches at Trumbull High as well. So she's the assistant at Trumbull High um physical education teacher in the middle school in Trumbull and uh, and doing great um my I, middle daughter Alexa my middle daughter Alexa is in Fairfield at a preschool uh a speech language pathologist not not coaching any basketball and my youngest daughter uh played at Southern as well and and she's coaching now in Westport with the Staples program they actually played the other day against each other so that was an interesting thing and I got my son on the sideline with me right now with his uh senior year at Roger Williams being canceled. Uh, so I got, they're all still involved and we're all still close. So it's, it's been great. It's unbelievable how hey, time flies coach. I mean, time, they were all babies when, when I started, when Joe started doing this and now, now look at them. Oh my God. 
But anyway, we digress. How, how's the team doing? The team is doing well. Uh, I, I love this group. They play really, really hard. I think that they've accepted the challenge of COVID uh, season uh, well. Um, they're barking, you know, I'm, I'm barking them all the time about mass and all the things that I normally wouldn't be talking about, uh, which is causes, you know, d- different change in our, in the way that we approach things. But uh, they've embraced it. They've done everything we've asked them to do. And I think they're kind of cherishing the moment um, very much so compared to, understanding that last year was cut off so fast and in that direction that we better appreciate what we have now. So we're trying to do that. Like I said, you're number eight in the poll this week. You're coming off a big win against Immaculate, tied at 41. Walk me through the fourth quarter, how you guys were able to pull away. Well, obviously we've had battles uh, with Immaculate my first run through and, and certainly on the second run through, I haven't played them in the conference championship last year. And Right. Now they've kind of had our number the last, you know, since I've been back. So <clears throat> beating them last year in the championship was great. And obviously, uh, you know, this game here was exactly what we were expecting. You know, it's a war every time we play against them. Um, you know, usually there's not a big separation between the teams at any point in any game. And yesterday was no, uh, no exception to that. Tied at half, tied in the third quarter. And, I, you know, we, we kind of had a couple plays to start out the – the uh, fourth quarter, Ty Staples, Santos had, had a couple big shots for us. Uh, he ended up with 23 in the game. Um, and, and I think our another senior for us, James Cook, really did a good job defensively in the fourth quarter, you know, against Sebastian, who was having a good game at that point as well. And so we got a, a little bit of a break, a little bit of a separation, four or five points. And I think um, that kind of changed the momentum a little bit. They kind of had to chase us a little bit more than they really want to you know, because they're very, obviously very patient. So, you know, they're so co- so well coached that until that buzzer sounds, you know, you're never feeling comfortable. I can tell you that. You mentioned it already. Um, second tour of duty here at Colby. What year did you, and how old were you when you came to Colby? What year was it? <clears throat> well, let's see. I'm, I'm 29 now. So let me go back. <laughs> um, 19, uh, I, was, I was 20, I was 27, uh, 1994. Uh, Joanne Jacob gave me a, an opportunity. I had been assistant coach the year before, and okay. and Ed Klimkowski left to go watch his son, quite frankly. And, and, uh, wow. uh, so I, I, I was able to take over there and, and, you know, stumbled along a little bit, you know, in the beginning, like any new young head coach would. But, uh, you know, I think Colby kind of hung with me. They understood that I was, uh, you know, trying to do the right things on and off the court for the kids. And, and it's kind of been a, a great situation since then. Uh, you know, I guess I'm fortunate that we've had some success. And I think once you get some success, you get some confidence in, in your abilities and your team has some confidence in you as a coach and as a coaching staff. And I think, you know, I've just been so fortunate to, to coach with great other coaches and a great assistance. And, and I've had great players and I, and any coach that tells you that they can win without great players is not, you know, they're not being honest. They great players make you look much better than you are. And uh, I have no problem saying it. That's the truth. So, you know, that's how I kind of got started. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the leaving and, and retiring, and I thought I was retired. I, I have no problem saying that I did not think I was ever coming back. Um, I would only come back to Colby. I knew that because that, they had a special place for me in my heart. And, and, and my deal with Colby is, is as much off the court that it is on the court. I really love these kids and I love where they start. And then you know, 20 years later, as we we're just talking about my kids, 
I got players that are now 20, you know, 25 years later coming back to me and talking to me about things that took place those many years ago and influences that we had on them as a coaching staff. And that's really the most rewarding thing you can have as a coach. So, you know, I thought it was done and, and I, you know, was going to watch my kids and that was what it was, was going to happen. And then, you know, my good friend, Stevie Ray would take it over, you know, the, the realm, you know, left. And when he left, I'm like, wait a second here. My son just graduated. Uh, the job is open geez, someone's trying to tell me, I think I should probably maybe think about going back here. And so fortunately they were, they wanted to have me back. I hadn't burned too many bridges along the way. And uh, you know, here we are today. Are the competitive, how is the difference then and now? Cause you're as competitive as you or as combative, whatever word I want to use on the sideline, getting the most out of your players. How is it different then versus now? And is it the same? Is it different? And uh, how do you feel personally, physically, then versus now? Um, that's a great question, Joe. I, you know what? I, I the word combative, it's interesting you used it last week because I do listen to your, your podcast. So well, you, 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 you know how to toe the line. You know how to you go as far with your kids, with, with ref officials, but you don't pick up tees because you know enough to back off at the right time. Am I well, unfair in saying that? No, I, I think, listen, I, I, I'm a demanding guy. I demand right. a lot of myself. I demand a lot of, of my assistant coaches. I demand a lot of my players. I demand a lot of the scorekeeper, the timer, the officials. There isn't Us. anybody that I'm demanding. I mean, yes, I do. Because I know how hard my kids are working and right. I'm working towards this. And, and I, I want the best situation. Does that always mean you have to win? No, it doesn't. But I think that, you know, getting everybody's best effort is where we all have to start. And I try to give my best effort every single day. And that's what I'm looking for from everybody else. And so I think that's where, you know, when I came back to Colby, I basically said that we're going to change the way we do things than you've done things in the past. And we're going to demand more of you than you've ever demanded before. And if that's not for you, then it's okay. It's not, I'm not for everybody. I get that. But that this is, this is the way we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to do it. And if you buy in, I can promise you great things are going to happen for you. And they are. And I, and I don't mean that because we win a game or win a championship or anything else, but you're going to succeed down the road because someone else is going to push you a boss. And as you guys all know right now, basketball is filled with life lessons, you know, being on time, committing to each other as a team and working together, sacrificing part of yourself for someone else or a greater good. Those are all great things that we should be teaching these kids, the youth today. And so I'm trying to kind of instill that into them and as, as an overall culture. And some of that stuff gets on the court in a really positive way. And it's been effective, you know, for us, you know, as far as motivating kids now versus, you know, in the past, you know, I hear different things. Our kids are different now than they were, you know, years ago, they have this and they have that. And the answer is they absolutely are, but they were different then, you know, than they were 20 years before that, you know, it's where are we in society right now? And, you know, the iPhone, I, I kind of laugh. You know, my first year of coaching, my, my daughter, Victoria, was, she was pregnant. I mean, my wife was pregnant. She wasn't even born yet. But we had a beeper and there was a phone at the Sheehan Center because my wife was bedridden the last couple of months. And yeah. that's how they get you now. Like, like a beeper. What's a beeper? No one even knows yeah. what a beeper is. Pager. Your pager. Thank you. There you go. So I had one of those. It's a different world than we do it. So, I, you know, I basically talk to them about the fact that, you know, it is a different world and I'm not going to always see things the way that you are, but we have an open door policy. Let's communicate. 
you know, if I'm doing something that's bothering you or upsetting you or hurting you, I want to know that. It's not like I don't, I do. But <clears throat> there's a couple things that we're going to expect back in return. And what I've gotten from my team since my return is exactly what I got from my teams before I left, which is that level of commitment. And they understand what, what I'm looking for. And if they want to give it, then they're there. And if they don't, then typically they don't last. And, you know, we lose kids, you know, like everybody else does that just, that's not what they're looking to do. And, and that's okay. Like I said, that's okay. Powerful Colby Cathedral coach uh, joining us on the podcast, winner of three state championships, the last one in 2018 and multiple SWC titles. Um, again, I, I just going to watch and I say, well, let's see how the old man's doing. And the game at UB against Notre Dame and Chris Watts, it, this, it was electric. And I was just coming to watch. And you know, game I'm talking about, you're into it into the first year back. Did it, was it easy for you to get back into it? Or did you think it would be hard or was it, or it, how is that part of you as far as, you know, just being you? <laughs> well, you know what, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm certainly older now than I was. I'm no longer that, that, you know, 27 year old kid anymore. And, and so, yes, I mean, physically there's going to be some differences. Um, I guess I'm fortunate. I, I needed some type of competitive outlet when I was you know, retired and, so I got into running a little bit more than I did prior to that. So, um, you know, I ru I've run now, you know, going to be approaching my 10th marathon here. I hope oh, when I turn 60, really? I, I got, I've taken a few years off, but I, you know, I, I ran seven marathons during that period of time that I was out. And that was what I got my juices out with. I was where I'm curious, which ones, New York city, Boston. Well, I ran a Hartford marathon. Listen, if you're not, if you live in Connecticut, you better run the Hartford marathon. I can tell you that right now. Okay. And, uh, and then I ran, I got involved with a thing called the Semper Fi fund where uh, it helps Marines that have had some severe uh, condition taking place through the military that we basically, all the proceeds go right directly to them. So I, I, it made me feel good kind of raising some money for that side of the equation. My best friend, Bill Brown's a Marine. So, you know, we kind of tied that together. And so I would go down to DC every year and uh, run the Marine Corps Marathon is, uh, is where I ran. So Marine Corps Marathon and the Hartford Marathon are the two ones. I kind of want to do the, do the New York City, but I got one left is what my, what my orthopedist says with my back. You got one left. So, you know. It's going to be Marine Corps. It's going to be when I turn 60 because that was my bucket list, 20, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. So uh, that's where I'll be. But I, I do think that that part of, of my competitiveness continued on. So even when I retired, I still had that competitiveness going, whether I want to you know, have a time in a marathon or my training, all that side. And I think that kind of helped me continue on. Um, so I try to keep myself in good shape in, in, in that part. And so I think my energy level is pretty high. You know, you all could tell now I'm, I'm an <laughs> upbeat guy. I, I mean, that's just how I am. I'm a half full guy. I'm not a half empty. I mean, let's go. I mean, I want to go. And I think it gets to be some, you know, sometimes contagious to, to the players. And if it's not, it becomes evident that you need to be that committed because I am. And I think that, that it, it, they, they see most of the time. And again, my way is not the only way. I see great coaches that don't say too, you know, don't don't act the way, aren't as aggressive maybe as I am, or or demonstrative on the sideline, or pacing back and forth, or anything else, and they have great success. So it's what's your personality? And my personality is go 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 go. That's just how it is. Hey John, how you left for ten years? 
you left Bridgeport in a different mode than it was when you came back. Like it's vastly different. Harding was ruling. Central was always uh, always there. Bassick was always doing his thing. Uh, Colby with you guys were always in contention for SWC and state titles. When you come back to Bridgeport, what has changed? I mean, obviously a lot of things have been the Bassick and Harding out of the FCAC. Central hasn't been doing so great uh, over the last few years. What has been the difference? What, what do you think is happening? And can Bridgeport come back? Yeah, it, it's a, a huge difference. Well, the first thing I'd say is, you know, when I was the newcomer coming in, you got Barry McLeod, you know, at Central. Um, and, and although we both kind of started pretty much at the same time, he's a couple of years ahead of me, but he was more of a Bridgeport guy from, from his past playing days. Um, you, you obviously got Charlie Bentley, who, you know, had been there for a while, had won multiple state championships. And then we have Harrison Taylor before Bernie. And, and Harrison had been there for a long time as well. So I hear I'm the new guy in the, you know, in the place. And I kind of disrupted the, the place a little bit. When yeah. I came in, no <laughs> question. And, you know, put Colby a little different perspective. And I don't think that they loved me. I don't think the other coaches were like, no. hey, John, oh, we love this guy. He's the greatest guy. So <laughs> they were kind of, I, I don't. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Char Charlie used to say, you know, that school or that guy. That was Charlie's way of kind of, you know, and they always, always scoff. Well, you know, let's see them play in the FCAC, that kind of stuff. They obviously held, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, Basic so much as maybe central, definitely not Harding for sure. But you were definitely the the upstart guy there. You, you weren't in their league, and you were like, you know, you could get kids from you know from different places. You were definitely held in a little bit of more contempt than than maybe most. But it was it was definitely different. But go ahead. Yeah. So no, you're absolutely correct. And and it's funny because Charlie and I laugh about you know I I talk yeah. to Charlie not a lot but when he comes in Sheroy his son and I I've got a pretty good relationship but since I retired everybody loves me all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> everybody's talking to me I'm no problem at all I thought it was great this thing in the world now we would they would we would never play I mean right. the three teams would never play although we had non-conference games that we could have didn't and you play once though wasn't there a time I could swear you guys were at the White House uh, at okay, this so, so it's an Go interesting ahead. way it developed so during back in that period of time we never would play we would request to play but that never happened and okay so we end up playing Bassick in the 2004 state championship and it was like okay now we're gonna find out I guess and we won and so that kind of really stopped all that noise for a bit until we go to the White House as you just said so then the, I think it was the next year or the year after we had won I think the seventh or consecutive Southwest yeah. Conference Championship we won it and then we had a, a, a group that graduated so we were kind of down the next year and it was the first year of that what was now the division it was the second year of the division one so we had one division two against Bassick. now we're up to they moved us to division one and we end up getting harding in the second round right i remember harding that. correct and they beat us and they beat us pretty good i mean we were probably not ready uh at that point because of our young kids to play against a Sheroy was playing at that time and they were better than us and they and they beat us up you know I think I think that was a double figure win for them yeah now here it is them. here it is March yeah. 9th almost uh my god March 9th 2005 <laughs> there you yeah, go final final score Harding 81 Colby Cathedral 56 I know I know I was at that game uh, I couldn't tell you about to. it but Sheroy yep. was there it was yep. a great Harding team yep. you guys had just won but you were still you know you still Colby yeah. but you were not yeah, that we were, correct. We were not back. We had a year from from '99 to 2004. We won two state championships and got beat in 
two other finals at that point. So, and we got back to the finals again in 2008, my last year. But at that point was the down, I'm going to call it downturn for us. We still were very good, but we weren't at, at, at that level for, for, to beat them. And so that, you know, that kind of happened and it is what it is. And we played on from there and off we go. I think uh, we gained more respect from playing that situation. No question. But I think you know, we, then we came back, you know? And so for me, when we, when I came back, interesting enough, the door was left open. So Charlie had gone new Harding coach uh, Bagley was there um, at, at that point. Now central was, was gone. You know, Barry had retired. So we didn't play him the first time, but we played Bassick my second year. So we played Bassick my second year. Then we had Harding and Central the last two years. We were scheduled to play both of them. So we kind of got back into playing uh, the city schools, what hadn't happened since the old MBAC days, you know, even before my time at Colby. So that part was kind of, we, we got a little bit more embraced, I guess, by the city public schools because there had been a change of the guard. Um, a little bit, I think, is what happened. And now, unfortunately, with COVID going on, it didn't happen because um, we were scheduled to play both Central and Harding this year. Basic, we had not to. We we played one at at, uh, at UB, and I guess there's some miscommunication backside of the equation that we were looking to play a second game, which we were. But we wanted all it. We wanted the games at UB. I want Harding game at UB, Central game at UB, Basic game at UB. It's a neutral site game hold 2000 people plus let's go. That's a great situation. Bring the whole city together. And it worked great when we did it. And I'm hoping maybe we get back to that in the future. We'll see. Uh, you know, like I said, who knows after COVID, but I, I, I think the difference right now, you know, as I said before, I just think the kids have a lot of other things that they can go and do number one in the city. Um, whether it's home, whether it's on their iPhone, whether it's their iPad, do you really want to make that commitment that you made before? That's one. I think the second side of it is, you know, I, I think it's a cycle sometimes you too that we all go through. Um, I remember when I was growing up in Trumbull, we would go to Bridgeport and we would play in the outdoor summer league games at Washington Park. We would play, we would go to New Haven and play in Gulf Street outside and there was never any issues. There was never any problems. Then we got a lot of, of, of violence and crime for a period of time and all the outdoor leagues began to shrink down and stop because they were worried about it. And I think when you do that and you don't get the community involved and the and, and basketball involved is in, in, in the forefront of it, it loses some of its passion. And I think that is what happened, part of it. And I'll give you the second thing. And I know this is probably a little bit of a off topic, but I think the game of basketball has changed and the state of Connecticut needs to work on changing it as well. I don't understand why we don't have a shot clock. Our kids are behind when they go to college. It's an entirely different deal the game isn't as exciting as it could be if we have a shot clock I mean I always say at the end of the games I coach some AAUs when we have the shot clock I'm not fouling you with two minutes left to go in a six-point game but if in a high school game I have no choice because you're going to run the clock out yeah if I could just get a stop and get the ball back I'd be fine so I think it's losing some of that um I guess uh excitement be, that we could add back in if we made a decision to go down that road. And so I certainly hope that that's what happens down the road. We'll see. I don't know. I don't, I don't get to make that call. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think Harding and Basic being, you know, kind of on their own really helps much either. Um, I think the more match, the more times you guys play each other, the more time, the, the, the better off, I think, you know, these are proud programs. I mean, and, and I think that's a big part of it too. We need to get Harding and Basic kind of back and full, whether the SEC has got to take them, full-time or what 
um, you know, something because, uh, you know, Central's got to play them and you guys got to play them. It'd be great if you guys play the New Haven schools, maybe if you got a little time to do that. I don't know. But part, I think that's part of it too, John. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's an interesting comment because, you I know, mean, back in the day, again, I go back in the day, I remember Jimmy Reynolds and I schedule a game where it's, at, we played it at Quinnipiac. It was Colby against Wilbur Cross. And, and now sometimes with these bigger leagues and these bigger numbers, it's hard to yeah. schedule that out-of-conference game. And then let's add the second side of the equation. So I got the CIAC saying, hey, if you, get, if you win more games, you get more home games in the state tournament, as in you can get three. So why do I want to go schedule somebody like Colby who could beat me potentially when I can go schedule somebody else and I get a win and it helps me out, you know, get a home game. And I, yep. I can't argue that statement. I, I, you know, there's been conversations surrounding, you know, the, the inter city matchups, but I, I, I think that's kind of long off. I would rather have, let's have a city matchup. Let's get the city schools involved here and let them play. And I think, you know, I know there was at one point it was at, at the arena at Harbor Yard. When I was gone, it was yes. going on a little bit. And then it kind of fell. Haven versus Bridgeport. Yeah. You know, maybe it can come back. You know, may, I, I, we certainly would love to to do that. I mean, it's not like I, I have open slots. I got a bunch of open games that I can do. You know, we got five games that I can fill in my schedule. I'd love to do that. So. I think it would be great. And I think you're right. It would build huge interest in it. And I think you'd kind of get that momentum going back into it. Long time Colby coach, John Paul joining us on the podcast. I saw you guys just looking back, you beat Central and Harding the year before last year, last season, I think it was, right? Yes. At home site. So, yeah. I mean, as I said, that Noreen game at, at UB was electric that one, that first year back. And it was a really, I mean, it was a great atmosphere. John, what was your initial thoughts and, and maybe thoughts now when you heard about Sacred Heart? Waterbury closing. Uh, disappointing, um, you know. You know, John does a great job there. He's done a great job there over the years, and um, so I got a lot of respect for him as a coach and as a program. <clears throat> it's sad uh, when the financial side of the equation like that comes into play, and you know you're not able to sustain the situation going forward. I mean, you know, you look at Trinity. You know, last year the same kind of thing. Um, you know, those are the economic times that we're in right now. I right. mean, unfortunately, that's what it is. And, you know, the the, 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 the small, and I say the small private school, because you're talking about these schools that are S schools. They're small. I know that they may have great, we may have a great basketball team and Trinity has a great basketball team and Sacred Heart has a basketball team, but most of the other sports, they're not always great at. And so it's just that one piece that everybody talks about. But I, I think that's the numbers of the school that are so small. Sometimes it becomes more difficult to maintain your financial uh, stability. And so good, good management inside, good leadership inside, all those things are important. And also you got to have the generosity of some people that want to help. And, uh, you know, fortunately at Colby, we've got great donors and great alumni over the years that have, have continued to try to invest and, and give back into our Colby community in a way that that is not just an athletic way, it's a, a academic way. And, you know, I feel bad for, for those kids at Sacred Heart. I really hope the really best players stay up there and don't come down in this area like happened with <laughs> Trinity over to Notre Dame. But hey, listen, I got no control of that. <laughs> I do want to ask before I forget, because I asked John a couple weeks ago, my first year in the beat, 2003, Class M State semifinals, Shelton High School, John Lucky charge or block well we won the game what did you think 
I, I think it was. I, I thought John Lucky was clearly a charge. Because <laughs> 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 I'm sitting there with Benny Liskowski, but I'm sitting there. I'm on the baseline. You know how Shelton's situated, and he can tell he leans in, and I still see to this day guys coming out of the stands, jumping on the court. It was like how much time was left? Like six seconds left the game. Eight? It was. It was not a lot of time in that game, and it's funny because in that game, interesting enough, it was. I think it was T. Ron Christie had an unbelievable game right. and he had he broke his pinky like the second game of the year and was hadn't played at all right. and he was a, a wild man i mean he was if you play with him he was so quick he was so like so wild was trying to get him to control himself it was difficult to do and so we had just come back he'd played like maybe a quarter of the game before and now we here we are we're playing him and he's we're playing sacred heart who at the time had great horses as you know about yeah. they were yes Davis they didn't know he was coming and he just he broke forget about offense we were running that was out the door he just was taking the ball and going and he was tremendous that night and so I think you know I remember that night for a lot of things the John Lucky charge one of the things I remember I remember T-Ron just going off to get us into that position and it was uh it was quite a game and I think uh, I actually had a relationship with the Luckies the older brother Rob and the father, yeah. and so we kind of laughed about it after the game. It, when I say laughed, as the game weeks and months later, we laughed out about the game that night. We didn't laugh much about that, or they didn't laugh much about that game that night. But that was a tremendous game and great atmosphere, and that's the kind of stuff that we loved. I wish we could get back to. Obviously, you know, hopefully next year we'll be able to get back to that same type of atmosphere because it, it, it's a it's a different feel in the gym. There's no question it's a different feel in the gym. Um, it's easier for my kids to hear me. I won't say that that's not, it's easier for them to get the, the attention, but boy, you miss that energy that you get from the crowd and, and the excitement that you get that whole atmosphere there. So I'm, I'm thankful for what we have right now, but I'm certainly hoping that, uh, we can get back to that other side next year. There's been some great games in Mohegan, but that 2003 state finals, and I remember like it was yesterday, Central Connecticut state. You had in class S, you had Hyde beating Immaculate. You had Sam Payton, I believe, hitting a game winning shot for Central to beat Deny Gary Paladino and Notre West Tape. I can still see the shot. Oh, yeah. I was you there. had Chris Bruff from the baseline beating Northwest Catholic and the kid who ended up passing away, falling out. And Jim Reynolds this day is still mad, as I'm sure you know about his kid. Um, I'm, I'm, his name escapes me. And obviously, the unbeatable Trinity Catholic team only losing out of state to a New York team. Yeah, like I'm not looking at this. I'm look. I remember this. And you guys, I think, were beating them third or fourth quarter or close for Tory Thomas and McClure and them pulled away. It was a great game. It's just a great day of games. I haven't seen it since. I'm just being honest. Yeah, that was a great year, and I remember that game very much so. And, and as I kind of said to people in the past, it was. It's been the only time that I'll go on record to say I was wrong uh, in, in, a, in a basketball game. All the other times I'm always right. So I'm kidding, of course. But What's that? No. What's, what's so, I, that? so I told the kids, I told my team that day, I said, this team is tremendous. They're, the team you're playing is excellent, but but they have not been tested. They have okay. not been tested and we are going to test them tonight. And here's what I'm going to tell you guys. All you need to do is be in ahead or or in the game in the fourth quarter and we will win this game. That's all you got to do. Got it? That's our focus. Just be there in the fourth quarter. And we were. Absolutely. You just said it's a tie game. I remember it was a tie game with four minutes left to go in the game. That it was? Okay. And McClure decided that he was going to Duke, and there was a reason why he was going to Duke, and he was going to show us exactly why he was going to Duke. 
and Tori Thomas was going to Holy Cross and he was yeah. going to show everybody exactly why he was going to Holy Cross. Yeah. And the two of them took over the game and we, we, that was it. They ended up winning by, I think four or five in the game, but they just took over the game at the end. And I, I, they won that game. There's games that we've lost. We, we didn't lose that game. They won that game. And, and yep. I give them all the credit because that was an, an excellent team and they stepped up at the right time. John, you and I and Sean, we could go on this for hours and hours and hours, but I think uh, we need to get you on your way to get practice and, and uh, you know, any idea on a Mac makeup on Norema Fairfield yet? You know what? We're trying to work through that right now. I, I got to tell you, you know, the, from what I heard from my athletic director yesterday uh, that, you know, it, there's a lot of games to make up. And, and the view that I heard is that not every game is going to be made up at this point. Right. I don't know. Um, there's some conversation surrounding it towards the end of next, not next week. Yeah. End of next week. But I don't, I, I, we're still trying to figure the problem is right now for us, sometimes it's gym time and figuring all that out. And, you know, we also have been to, we went to these kids playing four games in one week. I probably don't think that that's a good move, but that's not for me to decide. So, you know, the fact that everybody makes the tournament, you know, it, we, we love playing Notre Dame. I mean, let's face it. The Notre Dame Colby rivalry is off the chart and it, it would not feel like a great year if we don't play each other. But it's just a different year, and if that's what happens to get us, keep us everybody safe, and puts us in the tournament, hey, you know what? We'll see what happens in the tournament, and we'll take it from there. Longtime Colby Cathedral coach John Fole. He's not as old as he says he is, but he's <laughs> he's running marathons and he's in tr tremendous shape. And puts me and Sean to shame. Listen, John, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. great catching up. Good to see you down the road. Hopefully, absolutely, John. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. So, Joe, that was Kobe Cathedral coach John Fall. You know, I, I, I have not seen John or talked to John much since he actually left as head coach at Colby. I didn't even mention that. So, you know, a little bit of reminiscing uh, on our part there with, with John, but uh, they've had a, you know, a, a tremendous season so far. And, you know, it's as we asked the question last week, is Colby Cathedral back? They kind of proved it last night. It looks like they are back. We're not going to find out in the state tournament, but uh, at least a springboard into the future, huh? Yeah, like like he mentioned, the, as soon as he came back, they they I mean they were in the division four. They won a state championship um, that year, and then I mean obviously they were a force in the SWC, and they've had a, a couple okay years since. And they kind of surprised Immaculate last. I mean, I know they were the two C, but to me Immaculate was the heavy favorite because last year I'm saying because they had not lost a regular season game in the league since 2018. Although, but the only thing is they've got beat by Max Edwards in a half-court shot two years ago. And last year, Kobe beats them. And they've had some struggles in the, in the, in the league championship game. And this year, obviously, Mackett's only two losses in the league are to Kobe and to Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, as John alluded to, we don't know if Notre Dame and Kobe will be rescheduled. We hope they will. Because to me, Kobe and Notre Dame, it's, right now it's 1-1A, one one however you want to put it. And uh, – because they both be in the Macula. So it's, it's those two teams will decide it's jockeying for the one seed. Uh, and if they decide to go neutral site, great. But if they, it's home seeds, well, they're going to be at home. So, um, yeah, uh, obviously, John Fole brings a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Um, and he just, they just win. They just yep. win. And like you said, you can't win without players. And they have players. And they do well. And it is what it is. And you just got to find a way to beat them, and it's really hard to. So, Joe, what uh, what are we looking at for this weekend? You know, like I said, a, a crazy basketball night on Monday. 
Um, but, uh, you know, as we enter March here, you know, going into uh, our first week of March, what what uh, what are we looking at as far as games? Are we getting anything like that we saw Monday night at this point? It, it might be hard-pressed. Uh, we'll start with New Canaan and Staples tonight, mm. uh, Tuesday night. Um, again, these are two teams that we aforementioned Staples, teams undefeated in the FCAC, two teams that try to supplant Richfield as, as the lead champ, um, along with St. Joe's. So, Again, this is like about jockeying for position and, and seeing where you stand. Uh, the ECC South, man, I can't figure it out. You got, they've all beaten each other. You can go, I, I did a tweet about it, just how each team has been this team. And you got Waterford at NFA tonight. Um, Chris Gusty announced on, uh, the NFA coach announced on that this is going to be his last year. He's retiring. And it seems to be kind of like a John Fall retirement. He's kind of young and maybe he thinks he won't be back. Maybe he will. Um, but they're they're in that in that mix. Waterford, obviously, we've been to many of their games over the years, state championship mm-hmm. games, league championship games. So it's two named teams in the mix in this ECC South, which is a really a great division with Fitch, with East Lyme, with Ledyard, uh, and New London. Um, the one I'm really intrigued about Friday night, West Haven and Wilbur Cross. Again, as you mentioned, Sean, West Haven coming off pause for two weeks at Beaton Hill House in the opener. Beat Amity last night, uh, excuse me, Saturday night. Beat Law last night. Um, I mean, I could easily see West Haven across as the SEC championship game. Hmm. Um, if not, then Notre Dame, West Haven at West Haven Monday night could be a championship game. But uh, obviously, Fairfield Fred may have something to say about that as well as Hill House. So um, at least we're gonna we're gonna assuming everything goes as we're going to see some very good league tournaments and they're going to mean a lot more this year, obviously with those oh, yeah. they're going to mean, I mean, people, I, I, we get, I joke with Al Carbone and, uh, you know, what about the league? You know? all right, this year, I mean, I think they matter always. I think they matter even more this year. So, especially with no state tournament, and I think they matter last year, obviously, because that's what you had to go on for this year. So, you know, I, these are really good games. And like I said, West Ham's a team to watch. They're lurking in outside the top 10. They've got some talent, got guard play. They got a good coach. You know, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, it seems like uh, we're in for an exciting weekend. I, mean, I can't believe we're almost finished here. I mean, we only have a couple of three weeks, uh, two, well, what, two weeks left. Two of, weeks. Uh... I think some league tournaments are going to start at the end of next week. All right. So. We'll be doing brackets and all that stuff. We'll try to make a big deal out of it for everybody, you know, make it as close as possible. Like you said, I, I agree with you. You know, uh, at least there is some sort of postseason here. And they're going to... Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. Not the end of next week. I'm sorry. The two more weeks of the regular season, maybe two and a half, in the middle of that third week around the 16th, 17th, 18th, that's when they're going to... My apologies. All right, so we have uh, two and a half weeks left then. Uh, you know, it gets all jumbled up in your head. But we're, we're going to make a big deal out of it, and that's kind of what we're playing for here at this point. And uh, we'll see if we can finish this season off with a bang. Hopefully we'll see a few surprises and get some good matchups uh, that we'll be at least able to watch on our uh, on our on our live streams if not maybe even be able to attend some of these i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens and then and then we're off to spring so uh anyway that'll be a podcast for this week that'll be a show for joseph morelli i'm sean patrick boy thank you for joining courtside we'll see you next week